Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Ministry. Janine Marks, a 12-year-old, was fairly normal. She spent a lot of time online. One day, she met a new friend. The new friend had the same problems at home. They liked the same bands. They worried about the same subjects in school. They promised to keep each other's secrets. They wished they went to the same junior high. The new friend had good news. He said he was going to be in Janine's area one Saturday. He thought it would be amazing if they could just hang out, go to the mall. Janine agreed. The new friend didn't want parents messing this up. Janine showed up alone. So did her new friend, who wasn't in junior high, wasn't nice, and wasn't a 14-year-old boy. Every day, children are sexually solicited online. Help delete online predators. Call 1-800-THE-LOST or visit CyberTipLine.com to learn how to protect your kids' online life. A message from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and the Ad Council. Susan was a Christian, and her co-workers knew it. But how did they know? She rarely mentioned her faith. Her work was top-notch, of course. But her co-workers were sharp, too. It was something else about Susan. She clearly was not out just for herself. In a competitive industry, she knew how to share credit. She was for her associates. That quality alone spoke volumes. This is Howard Budd, Jr. of Laity Lodge. The Thessalonians were so dear to Paul that he shared not only the gospel with them, he shared his life. He was for them. What about you? Are you for your colleagues? At work, can you share credit? People notice when people care in the high calling of our daily work. For more information, visit ourdailywork.org. This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Oh, when he was, when Jesus 
one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. Wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. Heat of summer. Pitched my sin to you, and about my iniquity, I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. Save the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you, for you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. With my loving eye on you. Not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding. Be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked. The Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright. Good morning. This is Morning Inspirations. Good morning, guests three and prophetess.
Come on, I need everybody in here to help me do it right now. Come on. Healing me. Come on, I need you to lift yourself up out of that mess that you're in right now. Come on. Some of you have been down so long. Come on, make up your mind right now. I can't lay here and die. I got to seek after him. I hear his voice calling me right now. He's healing me. I'm coming to you broken tonight. I'm coming to you wounded tonight. I'm coming to you right now. I need your presence in my life. I'm going to worship you.
This is Morning Inspirations on Jam Radio 2.1.
Good morning, Good morning to all of you. We'll be back at the top of the hour for more gospel and Christian music. The future of America. The Daily Penny is coming up. The topic, the future of America. On the interesting subject. This is Morning Inspiration on Jay Radio 2. Point one. Good morning. What does the future hold for the United States? Some economists claim that the U.S. is financially sound. Others claim we're headed for bankruptcy. Are most people experiencing the fulfillment of the American dream? Or are we watching our liberties slowly eroding? Is our society entering a wonderful time of tolerance? Or as some religious leaders proclaim, are we sliding into a moral abyss? These are the headlines. In a moment, we're going to look at the important news behind the headlines. Welcome to the Good News Program, presented by the publishers of the Good News Magazine. The Good News doesn't try to cover up today's problems. This is a program that dares to look at today's dilemmas and ask the questions that must be asked. It seeks the answers that must be found, answers that can only be discovered from the pages of your Bible. Please join Gary Petty for a discussion of today's good news subject. The United States is at a pinnacle of economic and military power, yet many Americans are experiencing a vague anxiety that something is wrong. Is the U.S. headed into economic boom or bust? Societies are moving away from a Judeo-Christian worldview to secular humanist ideas and values. In this time of social change, it seems like all traditions and norms of behavior are questioned. What is the future of America? Today we're joined by Larry Greider, author of America, Renewal or Ruin, Will America Survive the 21st Century? Larry, thanks for being with us today. Well, Gary, it's a great honor to join you today to discuss some great uh, areas of importance to all Americans and Christians. You know, at any time in our nation's history, a person could study the society, the government, the religious trends, and then sort of map out the future. I mean, if someone had been around in 1830, they could have began to predict what was going to happen in the 1840s, 1850s. Any time in history you could do that. Now, in your book, you attempt to look into America's future based on current trends. You see the United States at an important and even dangerous crossroads where our very survival is at stake. Well, America is indeed at a major crossroads, as many scholars have noted. America has been blessed in many significant ways. A colleague of mine recently was commenting on God blessed America, referring to that as kind of a past event. In 1863, Abraham Lincoln said it best, uh, as far as I can tell, when he said, and I quote, we have been the recipients of the choicest blessings of heaven. Well, today, we are witnessing a post-Christian movement that wants to take God out of politics and education and the marketplace. So this is a dangerous direction from my perspective, if indeed we are a favored nation given blessings and protection from above. You know, even the recent uh, political elections recognized a cultural war is underway here in America. Perhaps the vast majority of Americans are not yet ready to jettison the values that once made us great. You know, what do you see as the the greatest dangers that face the United States today? Well, good question. Uh, Perhaps it's apathy. Uh, 
McGinnis, uh, once said, Americans with purely a secular view of life have too much to live with and too little to live for. But we are certainly becoming a nation that is prosperous and perhaps oblivious to the major changes going on in the world. America today is a debtor nation, and our society is under stress at every turn. Well, I feel the vast majority of Americans are resistant to changes in our longstanding traditions, there is a growing trend to allow the vocal minority to change the landscape of our country. And we used to be proud that we were a nation, quote, under God, and boasted, in God we trust. Well, I wonder if these statements are taken that seriously today. The challenge of having the Ten Commandments in prominent places in government buildings certainly was a wake-up call to some who didn't realize some of the great struggles that are going on here in America. Well, would you go as far to state that the sort of the moral and religious crisis facing our nation is even more serious than an outside threat, even the threat of terrorism? Well, that has been true, Gary, of almost all great civilizations of the past, that sometimes it's the internal struggles that really bring the nation down. After less than three centuries, our population seems to have forgotten the culture that shaped uh, our founding dogmas. The search for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is a quest that carried a much different connotation in a world that held God and community sacrosanct. Well, today, these same platitudes are translated to mean ease, self-expression, unbridled carnality. Will a nation that forgets its origins, or more specifically forgets its God, be able to thrive? We have pressure from a very conservative Middle East where militant Muslims, feel that God and country need to be more closely tied together. Our country, on the other hand, whose founding was based heavily on a desire to worship God without restraint, has separated church and state. To some, this means the state should not consider God at all. How different this view is from what was originally intended. You know, in reading your book, it's, it's interesting. One chapter in America, Renewal or Ruin, you deal with the approach to no religion, or I'm sorry, the approach to religion by many of the founding fathers, uh, and how that has changed. I mean, 250 years later, the way the average person views religion in this country and what we think the founding fathers believe is quite different than what they actually believe, isn't it? Well, the revisionist historians have actually expunged a great deal of what the founding fathers believed and taught and actually what they even said. Although there is a quote by John Adams that I think is, is, is very important to hear. He said, and I quote, the general principles on which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. Well, I find that fascinating. That of all the groups congregating in the New World, a special band of brothers were able to so convincingly craft a vision so recognizable and acceptable for the Americans. It is inspiring that their vision still reverberates today among millions who trace their success to the values and the inspiration that came from that Bible. John Adams believed that the 4th of July should become a religious holiday, a day, as he said, when God's hand and deliverance was remembered and a day of religious activities when men would commit themselves to him in solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. Well, few today would have such confidence purpose and reason for the advent of the United States of America. You know, today, as I said, we lionize the men, but we don't want to hear their words, and we repackage 
American history into hot dogs, ball games, and fireworks at the park. You know, it was amazing until I read your book. I didn't realize that John Adams actually wanted to make it a religious holiday. How different it is today. It's just amazing. What is America's future? We'll be back with author Larry Greider right after this. Where is the world headed? Does Bible prophecy give us any answers? In You Can Understand Bible Prophecy, you'll discover what the Bible says about where the world is headed. Learn the major themes of Bible prophecy and God's overall plan for humanity. For your free copy, call right now, 1-800-966-9232. In our free booklet, You Can Understand Bible Prophecy, you can discover the truth of this surprising message, 1-800-966-9232. Have you had about all the bad news you can take? Maybe you could use some good news. The Good News is a full-color, bi-monthly magazine that brings you the best news you can hear, and always from a biblical perspective. All literature on this program is provided free as an educational service in the public interest by the United Church of God. It is absolutely free, and there is no charge or obligation. Simply call 1-800-966-9232. The magazine is free. The contents are priceless. The number again is 1-800-966-9232. Or visit us on the web at www.ucg.org. We're back with author and pastor Larry Greider discussing his book, America, Renewal or Ruin. Uh, you know, Larry, it seems that you can't hear a political speech by any candidate on any subject from any party that doesn't mention America's need to renew our values. I mean, it's become a catchphrase for everyone who wants an audience. Uh, is America in a real values crisis? Yes, it is, Gary. And I'm not the only uh, author to have noted that. There's a tremendous genre of material out there. I have a whole collection of books that say about the same thing. Morris Berman wrote in his book, The Twilight of American Culture, and I think the title kind of indicates where he's coming from. He reiterates his case about America's cultural shift when talking about the historical processes we are witnessing is a convoluted one because it's all of these points of civilizational collapse. It is a strangely energetic kind of collapse. Money and vitality and new enterprise circulate in American culture at an astonishing speed, and if a handful of so-called elitists want to point out that it's mostly kitsch and hype, What's that to Wall Street or Madison Avenue or, you know, the crowds at the Cineplex? One could, in other words, argue that in the case of the ancient Rome, the collapse really did look like a collapse. But in our case, it looks kind of uh, like a renewal. And in terms of the overall globalization process, what we are seeing can perhaps be more accurately described as a large-scale transformation. But my question is a transformation to what? A superficial vitality is hardly the same thing as a healthy culture. I thought maybe I would even illustrate that by a comparison. seems like uh, Americans love to go to the movies, and often you can uh, mark the culture by how movies uh, treat their subject. In 1952, Gary Cooper won the uh, Academy Award for the Best Actor for his portrayal of the U.S. Marshal in High Noon, whether you ever saw that One of my movie. favorite movies. <laughs> well, 40 years later... Uh, another movie, 
was uh, was produced from the same scripts or the same materials called Unforgiven, and it won four Academy Awards, including the Best Picture. And notice this: High Noon opens in the morning sunshine with a wedding. Unforgiven opens in the night rain in a brothel. High Noon starts with a kiss. Unforgiven with a slashing of a prostitute. Will Kane, the hero of High Noon, is the U.S. Marshal, if you remember. Uh, Will uh, Mooney, the hero of Unforgiven, is a reformed killer and alcoholic reduced to pig farm. High Noon is set in the town of Hadleysville, Unforgiven in a town called Big Whiskey, whose sheriff, Little Bill, is a sadist. High Noon ends with order restored. Unforgiven ends essentially as it opens the dark and rain and sorrow and violence with anarchy ascendant. High Noon was about physical bravery, moral courage, about overcoming fear and fatigue, about doing the right thing no matter what the cost. Unforgiven was about weakness and rebellion. You know, it, it, here's a whole other program we have to do sometime on how movies and television both reflect society, but also they change society. There's, a, there's two things happening. They, one, reflect, but two, they also change. And when you study film, you can see that over the years, how it reflects and it changes. But uh, I want to back step just a little bit here, and maybe just for to define what you mean in your book by values. Because, you know, the word values has become to mean almost anything. So what do you mean by values in your book? Well, I mean a value in the context of biblical teaching. The Bible was always the final arbiter of almost any argument, truth and value, meaning that which was stated clearly in the Bible is that which is good and wholesome and right and pure and true. Those were the standards known and expected by Americans. Even the late Senator uh, Daniel Patrick Moynihan wrote, quote, the amount of deviant uh, behavior in American society has increased beyond the levels the community can afford to recognize and that accordingly we have been redefining deviancy so as to accept much conduct previously stigmatized and also quietly raising, quote, normal levels in categories where behavior is now abnormal by an earlier standing. Well, this is a terrible condemnation to any populace, especially one whose heritage was founded on reliance of God's truth. You know, if it really we're actually to the place where even the word normal is considered somehow evil. Or the word deviant is considered. That's an in, intolerant word. And the acceptance that uh, there is such thing as deviancy is considered intolerant. Um, how, much, uh, how much has public education, the public educational system, contribute to this values crisis? An amazing amount. And again, I think it is important for us to go back and, and, and remember what it used to be like in, in the sense I know we can't always go back you know, two or three hundred years. But most people forget that most colleges that were founded in America were for the purpose of training ministers. With the exception of the University of Pennsylvania, some branch of a Christian church established every collegiate institution founded in the colonies prior to the Revolutionary War, including Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Dartmouth, Columbia, William and Mary, Rutgers, Brown University, and the list goes on. Today, the push is on to remove God from the classroom results, I think, are obvious for anyone who wants to take a look. Now, in your book, you take a rather dim view of the entertainment industry. And I want to talk about that even now and into the next segment. 
How has the, the entertainment industry contributed to this crisis? Well, I, I can't, I'm not the only one to notice that. I even remember hearing you on a, another uh, broadcast uh, quoting Judge Robert Bork uh, in his book Slouching Towards Gomorrah, and he has a section there on entertainment. He said that performers of rap music, not that we listen, which giving myself away, but I don't listen to much of that, but he said uh, performers of rap music don't just sing about criminals. Some of them are criminals, which he says does not seem to diminish their popularity. Well, since we're talking about movies, I, I couldn't help but think of another movie uh, made back in 1940, a classic Gone with the Wind. I'm sure most people remember that. Remember when uh, Red Butler was talking angrily to Scarlett O'Hara, and he appeared without a shirt and also used a word. And I imagine everybody listening to this knows exactly what that word was. Well, the audience was shocked. This epic movie about the Civil War was considered controversial because of the one word and the missing item of clothing on Mr. Butler. Well, today, nudity or partial nudity is normal, and the use of expletives is so commonplace that some characters would have nothing to say if curse words were deleted. Well, today's celebrity status seems to give a pass to the rich, famous, or highly recognizable people who make millions in the entertainment industry. They be uh, sports figures or actors or recording artists. If you're famous, you get to do whatever you want, and your opinion seems to matter to a large group of people. In reality, true values are true because they work for the greater good, whether you like them or not. I want to continue this discussion about the entertainment industry. First, we have to take a break and tell people how to get their free copy of You Can Understand Bible Prophecy. Where is the world headed? Today's headlines are filled with troubling news. War, famine, natural disasters, new and baffling diseases, environmental catastrophes, and governmental scandals. The litany of suffering, tragedies, and bad news is relentless. Where is the world headed? Does Bible prophecy give us any answers? In You Can Understand Bible Prophecy, you'll discover what the Bible says about where the world is headed. Learn the major themes of Bible prophecy and God's overall plan for humanity. Find out why the world is in the condition it's in and what it means for you. For your free copy, call right now, 1-800-966-9232. In our free booklet, You Can Understand Bible Prophecy, you can discover the truth of this surprising message Jesus Christ brought. There is no cost or obligation. 1-800-966-9232. Larry, in the last segment, we were talking about the entertainment industry. In your book, you make a point that there is a difference, and I, I found this very interesting. There's a difference between celebrities and heroes. Now, what do you mean by that? That's, a, that's another very good question because uh, I guess a hero is somebody you look up to. Peter Gibbon has a book called A Call to Her Heroism, and he made a point to, in that book uh, back in the 1920s. He is thesis is, is that America began to turn away from traditional heroes and began looking up to entertainers. They came to believe, meaning the Americans around the turn of the century, that to be young and beautiful is better to be old and wise, and that sexuality lurks behind all behavior, and that living for the moment is preferable to planning for the future. Or today, celebrities are omnipresent. They give the news, they sell products, they comment on world affairs and endorse politics or politicians. 
interesting that Reader's Guide to Periodical Literature lists 12 articles under the heading of, quote, celebrities between 1955 and 1960. Well, between 1995 and the year 2000, over 1,000 were listed. You probably realize that People magazine has a higher circulation than Newsweek, and Forbes magazine reports a multi-billion dollar industry for celebrity collectibles at Sotheby's. And, and it is interesting that um, how much credence people give to someone just because they have a pretty face and they can act. And uh, actors, you go back 100 years, actors were people with uh, basically a poor reputation in society. Uh, Sometimes they can't even act. That's <laughs> true, too. You know, many historians are already calling contemporary America a post-Christian uh, society. Do you think that's an accurate assessment of the U.S. today? Well, there is no doubt that we live in a post-modern world just by the definition of what that means. But that doesn't mean everybody becomes or believes in postmodernism, which is kind of the However, more and more are being fed the ideas that there are no absolutes and that our personal feelings are more important than what God or the Bible might reveal. Now, in your book, you talk about, you use the term societal unraveling. Now, ex explain what you mean by this unraveling. Well, unraveling just simply refers to something coming apart. The sad part for here in our country is that this has been happening in America slowly since the 1900s, and many have not realized the loss of values that were once considered so American, for, for example, thrift or hard work or ingenuity, or, and especially reliance on God and a respect for the teachings of the Bible. Well, Benjamin Franklin wrote to the uh, president of Yale University, Ezra Stiles, back in 1790, and trying to rehearse his creed, and he said this, I believe in one God, the creator of the universe, that he governs it by his providence, that he ought to be worshipped, that the most acceptable service we render to him is in doing good to his other children. And as to Jesus of Nazareth, Benjamin Franklin said, I think the system of morals and his religion, as he left them to us, is the best the world ever saw or is likely to see. I wonder, Gary, if this is the sentiment or creed of the majority of Americans today. You end your book asking a question after you discuss all this unraveling that's happening in our society. You, you, you ask a question, what can we do? You know, what can each individual do? How do you answer your own question? Well, change has to happen one person at a time. I mean, e each of us has an opportunity in our land, which offers us liberty and freedom, which is the dream of millions around the world, to use our time and this privilege of freedom to remember our beginnings. You know, our nation was founded by people who believed in God and credited God for the miracles that formed one of the most amazing nations in history. Abraham Lincoln, remember, had a proclamation back in 1863 asking for a nationwide day of fasting and prayer. You know, as pastors and parents or individuals are listening to this broadcast, we all need to stand up for the true values and not surrender to the mandate of those who want to remove God from our schools or our way of life. This is a time not unlike the struggle that another generation faced over 200 years ago. Well, theirs was basically political economic, although there was some religious uh, 
aspects to it. This is even more foundational uh, as far as the survival of civilization. Certainly, and I, I think it's sad that many are unaware of the fact of cause and effect. If we are great because of our blessings from Almighty God, and we have an obligation to revere him, to worship him, and to live our lives to be a credit to what he's given us, then we're in deep trouble because we're kind of throwing out the most important part of the foundation of our country, our reverence for the great God. So America, ruin or renewal, we are at a crossroads. Larry, thanks for joining us today. It was a pleasure. Is America heading towards a great unraveling? You know, the Bible predicts a time just before the second coming of Jesus Christ when the entire world will experience the greatest unraveling of all time. You need to get your free copy of How to Understand Bible Prophecy by calling 1-800-966-9232. That's 1-800-966-9232. If you would like to hear Good News Radio programs online, just type ucg.org in the search box and click on the Good News Radio icon. All the programs are archived and available for you to listen to. And if you would like to email us here on Good News Radio, and we occasionally read the mail on the air, both good and bad, the address the address is gnradio at ucg.org. Why were you born? There's a big difference between grasping your future and simply going on the way you have been. The choice is up to you. Join us next time when we continue to explore what the Bible really says about you and your future. For Good News Radio, I'm Gary Petty. Where is the world headed? Does Bible prophecy give us any answers? In You Can Understand Bible Prophecy, you'll discover what the Bible says about where the world is headed. Learn the major themes of Bible prophecy and God's overall plan for humanity. For your free copy, call right now, 1-800-966-9232. In our free booklet, You Can Understand Bible Prophecy, you can discover the truth of this surprising message, 1-800-966-9232. Have you had about all the bad news you can take? Maybe you could use some good news. The Good News is a full-color, bi-monthly magazine that brings you the best news you can hear, and always from a biblical perspective. All literature on this program is provided free as an educational service in the public interest by the United Church of God. It is absolutely free, and there is no charge or obligation. Simply call 1-800-966-9232. The magazine is free. The contents are priceless. The number again is 1-800-966-9232. Or visit us on the web at www.ucg.org. You've been listening to the Good News Radio Program, presented by the publishers of the Good News Magazine. We seek the answers that must be found, answers that can only be discovered from the pages of your Bible. To receive your free copy of the literature offered on today's program, please call toll-free 1-800-966-9232. There is absolutely no cost or obligation. 1-800-966-9232. My name is Dale Pazinski. I'm 19 years old, and this is how I live United. I've always been kind of a computer geek, and I found a way to use those skills to help the homeless in my community. 
For people facing hard times, computer skills and a basic resume are so important. It may seem like a small thing, but it makes a huge difference in people's lives. So with United Way, I created a program where I work with the homeless. Together, we go through their whole job history, write a resume, and then save it on their very own USB drive. We provide workbooks and training certificates. I even budgeted for cupcakes so we can celebrate as a class when one of our people gets a job. That's huge. When somebody says, hey man, that job that you helped me apply for, I got it. That's what Living United feels like to me. My name is Dale Pazinski. I help people achieve financial independence. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Are listening to Morning Inspirations on Jam Radio 2.1.
This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
Newsboys. I'm not saying good morning to each and every one of you on this midweek Wednesday. We got more coming your way. Stay, don't you go away. One special of James Fader 2.1, but we will be right back. UN Human Rights Office said the five-day humanitarian pause up to 17 May provided some respite from the ongoing conflict in Yemen. However, there were still reports of ground combat and shelling, and millions remain in need of humanitarian assistance. Following the pause, the violence has resumed in Yemen, including airstrikes in Aden, Eve, Saraha, Dal, and Sanaha. Cecile Puyi from the UN Human Rights Office has appealed for civilians to be protected. Given the very large number of civilian casualties over the last four weeks, we again would like to urge all parties to adhere strictly to their obligations under international humanitarian law and to take all possible measures to ensure the protection of civilians. Talks aimed at resolving the political crisis are expected to resume in Geneva on May 28. They are expected to bring together members of the Yemeni government as well as the rebels. Anakadmu, United Nations. The following is a presentation of God Questions Ministries. What does it mean to accept Jesus as your personal Savior? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? To properly understand this question, you must first understand the terms Jesus Christ, personal, and Savior. Who is Jesus Christ? Many people will acknowledge Jesus Christ as a good man, a great teacher, or even a prophet of God. These things are definitely true of Jesus, but they do not fully define who he truly is. The Bible tells us that Jesus is God in the flesh, God in human form. God came to earth to teach us, heal us, correct us, forgive us, and die for us. Jesus Christ is God, the Creator, the Sovereign Lord. Have you accepted this Jesus? What is a Savior, and why do we need a Savior? The Bible tells us that we have all sinned. We have all committed evil acts. Romans 3, verses 10 through 18. As a result of our sin, we deserve God's anger and judgment. The only just punishment for sins committed against an infinite and eternal God is an infinite punishment. Romans 6, verse 23. That is why we need a Savior. Jesus Christ came to earth and died in our place. Jesus' death was an infinite payment for our sins. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. Jesus died to pay the penalty for our sins. Romans 5, verse 8. Jesus paid the price so that we would not have to. Jesus' resurrection from the dead proved that his death was sufficient to pay the penalty for our sins. That is why Jesus is the one and only Savior. John 14, verse 6. Are you trusting in Jesus as your Savior? Is Jesus your personal Savior? Many people view Christianity as attending church, performing rituals, and or not committing certain sins. That is not Christianity. True Christianity is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Accepting Jesus as your personal Savior means placing your own personal faith and trust in Him. No one is saved by the faith of others. No one is forgiven by doing certain deeds. The only way to be saved is to personally accept Jesus as your Savior, trusting in His death as the payment for your sins and His resurrection as your guarantee of eternal life. John 3, verse 16. Is Jesus personally your Savior? If you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, 
Say these words to God. Remember, though, saying this prayer or any other prayer will not save you. Only believing in Jesus Christ and His finished work on the cross for you can save you from sin. This prayer is simply a way to express to God your faith in Him and to thank Him for providing for your salvation. God, I know that I have sinned against you and deserve punishment, but I believe Jesus Christ took the punishment I deserve so that through faith in Him I could be forgiven. I receive your offer of forgiveness, and I place my trust in you for salvation. I accept Jesus as my personal Savior. Thank you for your wonderful grace and forgiveness, the gift of eternal life. Amen. Have you made a decision to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior because of what you've read here? If so, please send us an email at questions at gotquestions.org. God Questions Ministry seeks to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by providing biblical answers to today's questions. Online at gotquestions.org. Is this radio spot where Nikki Baker's life it would start pretty normal, like this? But, but then, this, right, right around here, her life would take a bad turn with her mother abusing her. And about this far in, Nikki would drop out of high school and run away. Yeah, she'd be forced to work two jobs struggling to support herself and her daughter. She'd feel stuck, stuck, stuck. But then she'd decide to earn her GED diploma. She'd take my prep classes. Study every night and feel unstuck. Because she finally hears someone say, Nikki Baker, come up and get your GED diploma. If this radio spot were Nikki Baker's life, the ending wouldn't be the ending at all. It would be the beginning of a brighter future. For free info about GED test prep classes, call 1-877-38-YOUR-GED or visit yourged.org. GED is a registered trademark of the American Council on Education. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. This is Ann Graham Lotz with Daily Light for Daily Living. If you want to experience God, you must choose Him at all costs. You must be willing to do as Peter did in Matthew 14. Step out of the boat. Risk total failure in the eyes of others. Discover firsthand his power enabling you to walk on the water when Jesus bids you come. Again and again I've been confronted with hard choices when I've had to throw caution to the wind and abandon myself to faith in him and him alone. When I step into a pulpit, when I begin to write, when I commit this ministry to much more than we have resources to underwrite, whenever I choose to step out in obedient faith and trust him, I'm actually choosing to take him at his word. Listen to me. Put him to the test. Obey whatever he says. Do it. The result will be the thrilling adventure we call the Christian life. This is Anne Graham Lodge. On today's Creation Moments Minute, discover a type of communication we human beings don't often think about. Chemical communication is very important to many creatures, including the silkworm moth. When the female is ready to mate, she releases a small amount of a chemical called pheromone. Only one hundred millionth of a gram of pheromone can attract a male silkworm moth from up to two miles away. Pheromones are also used for chemical communication by ants to mark their trails. When an ant finds a good source of food, it returns to the nest, leaving an invisible scent trail. This chemical scent is so specific that another species of ant will not recognize the trail if he stumbles upon it. 
Chemical communication allows the communicator to communicate to another of its species, even over long distances. In one sense, pheromones are the animal's version of radio. For Creation Moments Minute, I'm Darren Marlar. You are listening to Morning Inspirations on Jam Radio 2.1.
Would you join with me, please, in prayer? Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Jesus, thank you that you loved me enough that you became a man and died on the cross, paid the price for all the wrong things that I have done. I'm sorry for my sin. It's my sin that puts you on that cross. And I'm sorry. I don't want to live in rebellion to you anymore. I ask you to forgive me. And tonight I open my heart and I invite you into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me to pay the price for all the wrong things that I've committed against God and against man. I believe that on the third day, by the power of God, you were raised from the dead as living proof that my trust in you tonight is not in vain. I believe that as Christ was raised from the dead, so tonight, Almighty God, you are raising me from the dead. From the death of sin, you are giving me a new life. The life of Jesus Christ. Oh God, on my testimony and the belief in my heart, and according to your word, at this moment, I believe I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. Hallelujah. Saved. 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 Oh, let me ask you, friends, in closing tonight, have you done this? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you come to that obedience of faith? Have you come to that place of true repentance and true faith? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Are you trusting alone tonight in Jesus Christ for your salvation? For there is no other way. There is no other message. For there is no other way. There is no other message. Oh, come to him. Come to the Savior tonight. Come to him just as you are. Come to him in your sin. Come to him in all your needs. Cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself wholly to him. And you too will enter into that joy of sins forgiven, peace with God, and eternal, abundant life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For how will you escape? If you neglect so great salvation. Or how will you escape if you neglect so great salvation?
Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.